Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is your Apostle Nicole Reddick. And I am coming to you today with the message, the final message on the doctrine of baptisms. The final message on the doctrine of baptism. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your love and your grace. I thank you for the word that you set forth to teach us. I thank you that you open up our understanding that we may live. And so I pray that you will open up the eyes and ears of the hearers that they may see and understand the message you're bringing forth tonight. Holy Ghost, have your way. Be glorified in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the final message on the doctrine of baptism. This message is the baptism of the flood of suffering. The baptism of the flood of suffering. So what is the baptism of the flood of suffering? What does that mean and what does it do, do for you and for me? The baptism of the flood of suffering is the one where you are immersed or plunged into a flood or sea as it were grievous afflictions and sufferings. Grievous afflictions and sufferings. I want you to understand that the flood of sufferings is important in your life. This particular baptism means to be identified with Christ in his sufferings. You want to be identified with Christ in his sufferings. Being a believer alone does not identify you with the baptism of suffering. You have to go through some things. Christ said it is inevitable. You will go through because he went through. And those that share in this baptism, there's a place for you. Now, I want you to remember that. The baptism of the flood of suffering means to be immersed or plunged into a flood or sea as it were grievous afflictions and sufferings. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Matthew, the 20th chapter, the 22nd verse. But Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. Here, the two sons of Zebedee, asking, the mother is asking Jesus, can my son sit with you, one on the right and one on the left? And Jesus is responding, you know not what you ask. You want to sit next to Jesus in his kingdom, but do you know what it takes to be on his left or his right hand? Do you understand what it takes? 
If not, we're gonna we're gonna explain it. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We are able. So he said unto them, You shall drink indeed of my cup. Now let me tell you something. I got a cup right here, but that's not the cup Jesus is talking about. And as we go into the message, you're going to understand the cup is the flood of suffering, the baptism of the flood of suffering. And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. So the Father is preparing who is going to sit on Jesus' left and right. He's saying, listen, that's not even my job to know. That's up to the Father. Whoever he prepared for it. But he said, are you able to drink of the cup? Are you able to drink of the cup? Let's talk about this cup. Let's go to Matthew, the 26th chapter. Twenty-six thirty-nine. 2639. Now here Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. And if you've ever heard this preach, you understand that the garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus went to pray before he was betrayed to be crucified. And he says in verse 39, matter of fact, I want to identify how we feel that Christ understands that our Heavenly Father, that God Almighty, understands how we feel during times of suffering. Then said he unto them, and this was Jesus, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Are you ready for the cup? Even unto death. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. So if Christ's soul was exceedingly sorrowful unto death, your soul will be exceedingly sorrowful unto death. I want you to understand how God identifies with his creation. I want you to understand how God identifies with me and you, with us. He identifies with us. Why? Because he walked the earth as God and he felt everything we feel. So here we are. We're in the garden, right? He says, Terry here and watch with me. He's saying, I need you to be sober right now. Watch with me. Be sober. So here he's praying. So when the time comes where your soul is exceedingly sorrow, you've got to begin to watch. Put on your Christian armor and watch. Be sober. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father. 
If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. If it be possible. Jesus know what he got to do. But he said, if it be possible. See, his soul was exceedingly sorrowful unto death. He said, let this cup pass from me. What is the cup? Death. His soul was sorrowful unto death. This is the flood of suffering. The baptism of the flood of suffering. This is one of the ways it may mean your life. Can you identify with Christ? Can you drink from his cup? Are you willing to? He said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as your will, as you will, as thou wilt, as you will, Father. And he came to his disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? I was praying for an hour. I was being sober. My armor is on. The spirit is willing, but the flesh. I didn't get to that part yet, but I'm ahead of myself. He says, could you not watch with me one hour? One hour. Can you be sober for one hour? Can you be awake for one hour? Can you put your Christian armor on for one hour? I need you to pray with me. I need you to watch. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Jesus' flesh was tempting him not to proceed in what God wanted him to do. He knew the will of the Father was for him to die for us. And he did it. He went and he, he was challenged with his flesh. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. His flesh was sorrowful. It was tempting him not to do the will of the Father. I want you to understand this. Anytime God is ready for you to do something, if you are tempted not to do it, you need to be watchful. Put on the Christian armor. Be sober. Be prayerful. Watch with me one hour. He's saying to his disciple, especially Peter. Peter was special to Jesus, though, or to the Father, I should say, because the Father was always revealing something about Christ to Peter. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What did I say at the beginning? My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death, he said. This was a tempting moment for Jesus. He did not want to die. His soul was in the way. He said the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. His soul was weak, but his spirit was willing. See, the spirit is connected to the Father and will complete the will of the Father. But the soul is weak. You got to watch the soul. You got to watch the soul. The Bible says that Jesus is telling us how to not enter into temptation. This type of 
temptation is to not to do the will of God. So you've got to watch and pray. You've got to be sober. Especially in a time of suffering. You've got to be sober. The spirit indeed is willing. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, now he done woke up the disciples. Come on, I need you to be sober. I need you to pray. I need you to watch. Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Except I go through with it. Except I go through with the death. This is the will. This is why I came. But see, even Christ in the flesh, because he had the solar shrimp, he got exceedingly sorrowful. And he could have aborted. But. But the soul was exceedingly sorrowful. But he said, the spirit indeed is willing. The spirit indeed is willing. Your spirit is willing to go for what God wants. But then the time of temptation because of, of suffering, this baptism of the flood of suffering, you can be weak. But you got to go through with it. No matter what's going to happen to you, if God said do this, if he said stand on this, if he said believe this, then that's what you believe. No matter what other word come your way, no matter what other suffering, uh, body pain, no matter your finances you lose, no matter what, you stand on his word. If you know he said do this, you do it. No temptations. I don't care if they want to offer you a million, two million dollars. You don't take it. You wait on God. You wait on the promise that he gave you. Thy will be done, he said. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. In the flood of suffering, knowing what you're about to face, you got to watch and pray. But you say, like Christ said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done, Lord. Thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. This wasn't the sleep of sin, though. This was the sleep because he they had been up all day. But he, and they couldn't watch. They couldn't watch at this time. They were so sleepy. They couldn't watch. But those are the times you got to force yourself to pray. You got to do it. If you can. Then cometh him to his disciples, saying, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rest, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. He was ready now. He was ready, he was ready, he was ready. This baptism... 
this baptism, the flood of suffering, John the 18th chapter. John the 18th chapter. Here it is. This is another account of Jesus in the garden. And this is from John's perspective. And here he is, the Apostle John. And here they come, the officers and the chief priests. And, and they come with, with um, Judas, who is betraying him. And he says, whom seek ye, in verse 4, whom do you seek? Whom do you seek? And then they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. As soon as he said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. The words of the master. He was letting them know God is standing before you. Jesus of Nazareth is I am. I am is why they wanted to stone him. I am is why they crucified him. Because he is the son of God. Then ask he them again, whom seek you? Whom do you seek? Whom seek ye? And he said, Jesus of Nazareth, I have told you that I am. You know, I can't get, I can't even put what they got in italicis in my mouth. All I can say is I am. I am. That's a powerful thing. Jesus was letting them know, you may be seeking Jesus of Nazareth, but you are seeking the I am. Oh, how powerful is his name? He is El. I am that I am. Oh, Jesus. I am. If therefore you seek me, let these others go their way. They, they had to go their way. And that it might be fulfilled with he spake by the scriptures of them thou gavest me, I lost none. That's what he prayed in John 17. And then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. See, this is why he had to watch and pray. He went to the natural man. I'm going to defend you, Jesus, and I'm cutting the ear off. The servant's name was Malchus. Then Jesus said unto Peter, put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup. Here we go. The cup, the flood of suffering, this baptism I must go through, this baptism I'm asking you, are you willing? This baptism that he speaks of, that we can identify with him, this baptism of the flood of suffering. He said, this cup, this cup, which my father have given me, should I not drink it? He had to teach Peter. He had to teach Peter because he understood that Peter was going
them. He had to understand. And he taught Peter how to do it. Because eventually at one time or another, it came to pass that Peter went through and drank of the cup. He is identified with his Savior through the baptism of the flood of suffering. The grievous afflictions and sufferings. But at, let me tell you something. It was his time. You as a believer, me as a believer. No matter what the position is, the devil can't take you out until it's your time. You will not drink of the cup until it's your time. Do you know that in the word of God... Jesus, they tried to kill him at different times, but it was a perfect set time for the hour of the power of darkness. It was a set time for this cup to be drank. And nobody can take you out before then. I need you to have faith in God like that. I need you to have faith in God, not faith in man. Faith in God. Faith in God. Let's go to Acts, the 12th chapter. The 12th chapter, the second verse. See, I want, you to, I want you to understand the disciples, the apostles, they didn't die as disciples. They died as sons of God in the apostleship. 12.2, 12, 12.1. Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vet certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. This is the baptism of the flood of suffering. It is the grievous afflictions and sufferings that one must suffer through for the kingdom of heaven. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded forth to take Peter also. So Peter ended up in prison, affliction and suffering, the baptism of the flood of suffering. Are you willing to drink of the cup? That's a question to the uh, disciples in higher leadership. Those that are going into the apostleship. You know, we as believers, we too suffer that way at times. And I can't, I can't have you afraid of that as a believer. You've got to have faith in God no matter what. Romans, the eighth chapter. You know... Thank you, Jesus. Romans, the eighth chapter, the 17th verse.
for those that will drink of the cup and be baptized with the baptisms of Christ. In verse 17, well, let's go to verse 14, since I'm talking about the baptism of the flood and suffering and the cup of death, the suffering of death that Christ had to go through, and one of the baptisms of the Christian faith, the baptism of the flood of suffering. We must understand this. Let's look at Romans the 8th chapter, the 14th verse. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage against a fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And I want to say, in the shootings, whether it be from the elementary school, or the other mass shootings we've heard of in the past month or the past years. Those that died in Christ shared in this baptism. And my heart goes out to all the families, whether they were Christians or not. But I do want to say to the Christians, you know you will see your loved one again. I don't know the other religions in, in detail, but I know what the Bible says about the believer. No matter how old they've come to Christ, you will see them again. And we know we have this hope. And I want to encourage you. And I want you to understand that God understands your pain. First Corinthians, the first chapter. First Corinthians, the first chapter. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. I, I just want to read this. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforter, comforts us in all our tribulations. 
those that have died by the gunshots. May God comfort you in this time of tribulation. May God comfort you in this time of tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so you shall be of the consolation. And all of you that are suffering right now because of the tragic gunshots, You're, you lost your family member. May God comfort you even so now. In your time of suffering and your time of grieving, may you be comforted by the Almighty. And understand and know that your child, your loved one, has now been identified with Christ. And it is tragic that someone would do such a thing. And I'm going to go ahead and I want to minister a little bit to the people, to the family members in your, your mindset. There is a scripture that the Bible tells us about. In our minds, when a loved one dies, and we talk about the baptism here of the grievous affliction and sufferings, that they can put you in a mental strait. In Luke, the 12th chapter, the 50th verse, he says, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? He said, mentally, 
How am I sound? Right now, your mind is pressed. That's what a mental strait is in the Bible. It's pressed. And you're thinking about, this is my child. This is what happened. This is my family member. This is what happened. Your mind is in a mental strait. The Bible calls it being pressed. But I want to encourage your heart today and for you to go through the grieving process. Go through it properly. Grieve your child properly. Seek God for comfort. Ask him to help you put it together in your mind. Help, ask him to help you deal with it. Because you may have more, if you have more kids, if you have a husband, this type of tragedy can break apart a family. But this is the time you need to come together. Comfort one another. Be there for one another. And this is not how my message is supposed to go. But I want to leave it here for you. God understands your pain. And he understands your mindset. And I want to say to you that God give you peace. God help you through your time of grieving. And God give you an understanding. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. And although there was a tragic suffering for the young kids and for some adults and the other shootings, be with the families, Lord. Comfort their hearts, even as your word said you would. Help them through their grieving process, Father. Loose a grievance, loose from them. Release any bond, binds of a grievous spirit. Restore joy unto them. Release joy in their life. When their grieving is over, 
give them a healthy mind. Help them in their press time. Help them in their press time, Lord. And may they give you the glory for the comfort that you will give unto them if they will receive you. If they will receive it, Lord Jesus. Comfort every heart and every mind. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You know what?